Hi, everyone. Welcome to Of Bajor, the premier podcast for Star Trek Deep Space Nine, as far as I know. I'm Douglas, a.k.a. at Hatercles, and with me are always at Roger Clark, at, at Roger Clark, and Wrangell Island, at, at Wrangell Island. Thank you. So today, we'll be discussing the episodes Progress and If Wishes Were Horses. In Progress... Kira is given a difficult assignment of convincing a old man who's living on a, one of Bajor's... It's one of her moons, is it? Yeah, one of Bajor's moons. One of Bajor's moons to leave so they can process, use uh, turn into an energy provider for the fracking. plant. Yeah. yeah, they're fracking the moon. Frack the core. And he has to get out, and he doesn't want to go. So Kira, and Kira finds herself... In a position that uncomfortably reminds her of the Cardassians during the during the occupation. Meanwhile, Jake and Nog come and get a after coming into getting access to a bunch of Yomek sauce. We have a go, start on a series of trades trying to find something worth something. That was really the A story, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jake and Nog. Yeah, but Jake I mean, Nog consortium. I, I think it's the more interesting story. The other one, yeah, kind of one note. Yeah, they must have liked it because we do. We go to get twice again, like we do with um in season five with in the cards with they trying to get the baseball card, and then oh, in yeah. uh, season seven with just Nog this time with now it's like Nog and O'Brien with Nog um the Great River where we're trying to. It's been a while since I watched. It. I forget where he's trying uh, to get, but it's again it's like he's both trying time. to get a part for um the Defiant. Yeah, okay. uh, I watched that recently because I just I finished the show not that long ago. Yeah, so yeah, we kind of get two more. They kind of yeah, so I guess they come to this. We get two more of these plot lines, um, oh, much down the road. I liked the old guy. Yeah, I thought, I thought the old guy was like really likable, and I don't I don't know if it really if the story turned out the way that they wanted it to or whatever. I, I read a little bit about how the staff like what they thought of how the episode turned out and apparently they wanted the guy to be meaner or something but I, for some reason I really liked him he seemed like he was a really good actor or at least he was good at portraying yeah. that like friendly old man kind of kind of character yeah he's played by um David Keith who is not to be confused with oh Brian Keith I think there is an actor called David Keith and I was going to joke about how you shouldn't confuse him with Keith David, but um, since he's named Brian Keith, I guess that's it. That's it for that. Who's joke. Keith so, David? Uh, he did you ever watch Gargoyles? Yeah, he was the voice of Goliath. You know the main gargoyle. Ah, uh, nice. And he's done a lot of other. He's one of those actors. He was um, he's been in a lot of things. He's uh been. He was in the. I think John Carpenter likes him. He was in the Thing and They Live, and he was um, oh cool. And just recently, he was in the Nice Guys, which was my favorite movie of last year. Nice. But anyway, he's on in this episode. What do you guys have to say about progress? You like that guy, but uh, he he's a very problematic character because he keeps sexually harassing Kira at the start. <laughs> yeah. Definitely definitely <laughs> some a, He deserved to he deserved to die from the from the fracking fumes destroying <laughs> the moon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why they would destroy a moon that's like a hundred percent habitable. It's like, like this lush, farmable wonderland that apparently the Cardassians had no interest in. Yeah, I just that's weird. It doesn't make any sense. So he like, just there's his- this Holocaust going on, but like his story is just like, yeah, I came up here to the moon and uh, was pretty much alone here. <laughs> Why didn't other people go there? Yeah, I know. 50 years, whatever. I was just here with these two mutes I adopted. (laughs) Well, how? I guess they don't say the the moon isn't that big. I mean, if it's a moon and not like a rock. um, If it has an atmosphere. It's got to be at least. Yeah. yeah, Well, I don't know. Maybe it's. um, Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it's like they decided they did the math. It's worth more as like an energy source than than a. They would have fracked it. Yeah. Well, hopefully he doesn't end up like Praxis. Yeah. Is it the blown up Klingon moon? Yeah, from Star Trek Six. Okay. They blow up, but they destroy it by overmining or whatever. But yeah, I like they. I have read it and said that they felt like he came off of too nice. But I maybe it's because I don't know. I maybe it's because I know what they were going for. So maybe I'm kind of I'm watching with that in mind. But it does seem he does seem like Evo. He's kind of nice. He does seem like he's. He is being a bit manipulative. Like, he is trying oh, to yeah. manipulate... Yeah, I mean, it's, I definitely get the sense that he's saying stuff like, knowing that this is going to get under her... But he's not just, like, having... So I did... I definitely got bad sense that he is not... That he's, like, trying to manipulate Kira into achieving his aims. And saying stuff that he deliberately knows... Try- yeah, it's kind of a reminder of the Cardassians and, like, what she's... You know, that she's basically betraying her people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. yeah. And even at the end, it's like, well, I guess, yeah, the, I guess they say at the end that, according to the, yeah, Peter Anfield as a writer said, I want a strong guy who did not change at the end. There are too many old guys in television dramas who start nasty and then get meek and gentle at the end. That's not what I wanted. And I, I don't know if he got me, ni- I don't know, would you say he got nice at the end? Because I guess, he I definitely, sick. <laughs> yeah, he definitely seemed angry at Kira. Like, I, maybe like, like, I have to say, maybe he'll eventually calm down, but I, got, but I don't think he's, like, gonna, like, invite her over, like, next, like, you know, the next day or whatever. Like, it seems like he's pretty pissed at Kira, and then I think that's, he's gonna be pretty pissed at her for a bit, at least. Yeah. Well, well, the, the thing is that, like, he is wrong. Like, he, he is objectively wrong. Like, he's on, you know, like... It's just like, yeah, I'm, he is being, like, selfish for no good reason, because he could just go live on Bajor. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be, like, Bo's old, like, I don't know, there's, like, this old guy, like, when I would say Helen was erupting, there was this old guy who, like, refused to leave and, like, dive in. I think it may be a thing Makes of, like, sense. like, old people who are just, like, so stubborn that they, or they're so risen chain that they, 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 uh, they rather die than <laughs> they're, just they're just so stupid <laughs> that they won't do anything. We're just cranky at all. Well, we're old people, you know, they're cranky and angry at us for still having our youth, for still being youthful and being able to run without he probably could have got. He probably got offered, like, a good buyout from the Bajoran government. Yeah. He could have gave it to those two weird mute people. Yeah. I mean, he... Think of how many tessipates of land he could have bought. <laughs> Tess, yeah. They, they mentioned two different units of measurement in this episode tessipates and kelepates i don't know why that stood out to me but are you wait but then there, there's also the amount of yamak sauce what what does it come in it's like a rapage yeah a rapage 
Which I guess it just means it's wrapped up. <laughs> Why didn't they just say case? Or box? I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think yamak sauce is like? I imagine it is like a fermented condiment. Like, kind of bluish black i was imagining it's kind of like um kind of bronzes grayish yeah i would okay. say i would say I, I had a gray in mind kind of like applesauce i guess like that kind of color just because cardassians was... are gray yeah i guess you I... are what you eat I, I can't remember any cardassian food um well yeah like, uh... yarmuk sauce and then there's um that drink they like um canar canar yeah <laughs> Well, sorry, but I think those Which are two. Which is also black. It's like a black syrup liquor. Maybe that. Maybe their diet is entirely liquid. They just drink sludges, sauces, sauces and sludges. Syrups and elixirs. <laughs> so, so do you guys want to eat yamak sauce? I I actually would love to eat yamak sauce. I I I would try pretty much everything. I would try uh, what's it, the jumja stick? Jumja stick, hasparat. Yeah. yeah. Hasparat, they, they talk about it being spicy. That sounds pretty good to me. It looks like a burrito. Yeah. Apparently, I read it's like a it's like a burrito. It's like a flour tortilla with like, I think, like cream cheese and, and like bell peppers is like what they use as the prop for Hasparat. I mean, I'd eat that. I mean, it doesn't sound particularly like amazing, but, you know, yeah. if, if I was starving, I'd be like, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> it sounds perfectly edible. What about a, what about a, what about a caterpod bean? That's mentioned. Oh uh, yeah, caterpod beans. What what is what does she what does she say that you have to mix into the caterpods? Some I don't know. Some... Oh, just farm them. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I wonder if there's a Star Trek cookbook. I think there is. I think I'm, there might be. Like Maybe a... we should write one. Yeah, I know there's like a Doctor Who cookbook. I don't know. I think it was like. Well, what would that... be in the Star Trek cookbook? Like. Those worms that Klingons eat, <laughs> yeah, and, and the for... cubes from TOS. They eat like some cubes, and I remember. Yeah, they're uh, what? Else? I guess like yeah, I, mean, I guess like some Creole stuff. food. Yeah, Neelix. <laughs> uh, they probably like do like they present it as being written as Neelix, like in, like you know they the books are always written like in as the character. Yeah, like as a character, like they probably like have Neelix write it. Be as like yeah, the writer. We, we have uh, we have the. Rules of Acquisition, as written by Quark. Oh, yeah, I want to. I haven't read that, but I want to. Is that good? I mean, it, it has most of the rules of acquisition that are mentioned on screen. Oh. There's an ever one I've heard of called like um, Legends of the Ferengi. Yeah, I think it's also like presented as being. I don't know if it's presented as being part, but it is like written by um, the guys who worked on the show. That that's... I actually like. I mean, obviously we we like the Ferengi. I would I, I would really. It would be nice if they you know, publish the ones that don't get talked about on the show. That's like the extreme nerd version of like, uh, did you guys ever have or see those like, uh, like the Bart Simpson's guide to life and shit. Oh yeah. I yeah. Had that. All the, like the in character Simpsons books that are just yeah. like a bunch of junk. I had like, the Bart uh, Simpson one. Yeah. I had this, the Bart Simpson one and I, 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 I read it so much. It like fell apart. That book was pretty good though. It had a lot. It was funny. I mean, it was probably just a cheap, book that's probably why it fell apart but <laughs> it's so weird that they even made stuff like that i mean i, I guess like it, it makes sense that you would just want to maximize the amount of cash that you get but yeah I, I have some weird stuff i have a wharf bookmark 
<laughs> and it's just like a bookmark. Worf is known for reading. Yeah. Does yeah. it say eat any good books lately? <laughs> I don't know. Does Worf eat books? Well, remember, look, that was a joke. I was in the QF, um, the one where he lost his powers, like, oh. as a comeback after, like, Q asks, like, what do I have to do to prove to you to prove I'm, you know, not manipulating? Worf says, die. And Q uh, says, oh, very funny. Let's go back and edit it so that we got the joke in the reference. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That was a good I one. I remember that. Uh, I think that's when Q was best, like, bonbons. Yeah, it's a good line. Sounds funny. You should have just said that you made it up. <laughs> I also have a Star Trek DS9 Ops Pass, and it's it's basically just like a like a plastic card, like a thick plastic card that has the cast of like the Ops cast, and it just says Ops Pass on it. And you're just like, this was sold somewhere, I, I guess, I for like multiple dollars. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> it's just a fake, a fake piece of merchandise. <laughs> like it doesn't exist. <laughs> I read like um, Will. I read like William Shatner's book of like behind the scenes of the original. Apparently, like Tech Leonard Nimoy. No, <laughs> but it was like he talked. I guess Leonard Nimoy got pissed because um Gene Roddenberry came up with this um. I think the thing was actually kind of the Eidic, like, thing, and he was, like, wrote in the show, like, you know, but he wrote in the show that Spock would, like, say, oh, this is what it is and stuff, and I think apparently Leonard Rebo was, like, not happy about that. What now? Something, like, I don't know, like, Gene Roddenberry, I'm not quite sure what it was, I think some kind of, but basically, like, he wrote something into the show to basically so he could sell it, and I guess Leonard Rebo didn't like, and he basically had, because the scene was, like, Spock explaining it. Ah, uh, I see. So it's some kind of product placement or something? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can forgive them, I guess, for doing stuff like that. At least the show got made. Yeah, I mean, start... Yeah, it doesn't seem like... Well, it's like, if, again, it's like, it's not like... As long as they, they, the show never... I don't recall any moment of the show where it's like they were doing something just to promote a... Yeah, action figures or something. Yeah. Would you guys buy a Mullabach action figure? Complete with Kiln? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, the 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 Nog Jake, the No J Consortium episode or part of the episode. I I thought I I just like Nog. I like Jake. They it's good. It's a good friendship. I think yeah. on Star Trek, you don't really see. Well, you, you you haven't really seen interactions between anybody except for adults, and it's just two kids hanging out. It's nice. Also, the the a lot of good jokes around the stem bolts, the fact that no one knows what a stem bolt is, not even their self. Yeah, like yeah, like you said, Jake Doc. I kind of like. It's nice. Also, they kind of feel like kids, like as opposed yeah. to like um, Wesley Crusher. I know, obviously, like everyone picks on Wesley, but he did not seem like or like he did. Yeah, not like a normal like kid who like he he wasn't like causing mischief he was like he seemed like he always wanted to be like um yeah like he like was like adult. always like he yeah he was like trying to get picard's approval and to be a to be his new dad so he was like always acting really on his best behavior so picard would be his new dad but yeah but it's like nice to see jack and all they begin the mischief and stuff and going and hit schemes yeah i wonder why quark didn't want want that yamak sauce i feel like later on in the show he he actually has yamak sauce there so maybe maybe it's just too much well, yeah. Well, I guess he's also he figures like 
at least at this point in the show, it doesn't seem like the Cardassians are going to come back anytime soon. Ah, uh, so. yeah. It's just Garrett. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> so maybe later as, like, so maybe he orders more when they, like, sign the treaty in season three. Yeah. Um, I like the design of the alien they, the first, the first the alien they buy the Yebik sauce for. He has a neat design and look. Kind of like, it. This is like, I don't know if it's the first instance of it, but Cisco kind of stretches the truth a little bit. Like, this is like the first time he kind of like, he, lie, he, he pretty much like goes against the rules. He he t- he, he orders uh, Bashir to lie. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so Kira can have more time on the planet. In the Captain Pursuit, remember, he told Odo, like, oh do it very like oh, yeah, when they're like, like take escaping. your time yeah yeah and take your time Oda, like shuffles but oda's like an old man so it's pretty believable he's just slowly going <laughs> so. yeah tessipates and kelepates yeah the habitable moon thing it just it it just really gets me that the fact that there's just this paradise that's like how does it even work in in like system wise like if you think about it in order for something to have that much gravity, like where they're walking around normally, it would have to be about as big or at least as dense as Bajor. I think ba- I think Bajor is supposed to be pretty big, right? Oh, really? Is it supposed to be um, like a maybe I'm bigger than that up or something? My, maybe yeah. I'm making that up in my head, but I well, thought I was assumed it was like the same. I thought same Bajor size of Earth. was bigger than Earth. Yeah, I just made that up. That's my headcanon. I don't know. Well, they have a 26... I mean, their day is divided to 26 hours instead of 24, so would that... I'm not a scientist, Wouldn't but that, that mean that they're... Oh, no, that would mean it's bigger, because that's, that's how long it takes the planet to spin on its axis. So does that mean it's bigger? Or it just means it's moving slower? Uh, no. <laughs> Mars, Mars has a longer day than Earth. And Mars is smaller than Earth. Is it because so. Mars is is all old and dried up? So it slowed down? It'll eventually <laughs> stop moving? Is that people, how it works? Yeah, it's I, like planets and people are the same. You get old, you get slow. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why the, the planet revolves as fast as it does. Or turns as fast as it does. I, I, I don't know the physics of that. There's probably some technical guide or guy that says like the sizes of all the planets or whatever. Like some book or something that was published back then um i think it's kind of unbelievable that nog doesn't understand that real estate has value yeah he didn't know until jake pointed it out he was like oh, i don't care about land but well, it's just did, dirt yeah. well he did inherit the lo- nog's lobes as quark and his i think he later says <laughs> that's why he wants to join starfleet so i guess that's an example of it like why he knew he need okay i the Ferengi, I'm not going to go far in, Fer- in the Ferengi Alliance. I guess. Just seems like you would know that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like the most valuable thing that they talk about. I mean, maybe it's not that, maybe seven tessipates of land isn't that much, but it's still, it's still, I mean, seven, that's not, that's like, it's not ten, but it's not two. A tessipate sounds like a lot. Like, I imagine it does. it's probably like an acre, probably. Works for me. <laughs> now, one question I have, I don't... I mean, it's because, you know, again, like I said, I... Well, I... Oh, I forgot, I was, it was before the episode, so that's why I'm saying, like, I was... But, like, I have an attention span, but when they buy... The things that they buy the land for, the, it's a majority... Is that part of the same 
Because I think when I first saw the episode, I was under the impression this was like it was like a, a kind of a point of the two episodes tying together. Like that land they were buying was for the same project as the the that they're doing the moon for. Is that right, or is it like completely unrelated? It I thought, it seemed I thought the land was on Bajor. It is okay. Then it's not okay. The land's was, on Bajor, and like somehow like later in the episode maybe i should look this up on uh, like in the like in the docs for the episode but it seems like something oh yeah yeah something related to the actual like a plot is involved with the land that they happen okay. to own and it just uh, yeah that 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 doesn't really it seems so unlikely so it is related in some way. Yeah, it's somehow related, okay. but it's it's on I, Bajor. I do like that when A and the A and the B plot kind of like meet, like even if not like merge, but like they have like, epi- like I do like that when the, the A plots and B parts have like intersect. They don't point this out explicitly, but it is in uh, explained in the in the script that uh, Mullabach, uh he was the one who made all the yamak sauce. That's what he <laughs> that's what he makes out of those roots. Oh yeah, well that makes that does make sense. That's how he bought off the Cardassians all that years and kept them kept them off his his uh, fertile paradise moon from making He's just ru- running a huge yamak sauce business. That would make him collaborator. Yeah, he's basically a, a, a collaborator. And then he tries to guilt trip Kira. Well, once they find out, they're gonna put him on that list that that guy that. In that, in the next, in the episode from season two, is on. Man, it's too bad that they fracked this moon to be inhabitable because <laughs> they could have sent all those people with the bad skin condition there. Exactly. Those refugees that come up in a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about that when when that comes up. But <laughs> yeah. it just seems so weird for a Star Trek. For Star Trek characters to complain about the skin of other Star Trek characters, because well, like, that was everyone's got some... really gross. <laughs> I yeah. mean, to be fair, yeah. I was just looking at the the article on Bajor, and it's like the Bajor the system has fourteen planets. It's just it's huge. What are they doing? Why is it? Why are there so many planets? Well, how many of them? Are, does it say how many of them are inhabitable? I mean, I don't know. I, I can look at each individual one. Maybe okay. that's normal. Maybe we're just like, maybe our solar system's just like weak as shit with its nine planets. <laughs> oh, well, it's yeah. like humans like seem to be like pretty weak. Like it seems like all the ever species have cool abilities and super strength, unlike us. Bajorans don't have enough super strength. Oh yeah. But they're pretty much us. They just have like noses. Yeah. They have the wrinkled noses. But I mean like the Klingons have super strength. The Vulcans have strength and the psychic they put you to stuff. Sleep with, yeah, and they, the nerve pinch. Cardassians have, have uh, super administrative abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Romulans have super strength? Yeah, or I would assume so. The Vulcans. Yeah, but I don't know. I've kind of thought that maybe like I don't know. For some reason, I was the impression well, that okay, they, in, they uh, did it. In JJ Star Trek 2009, they do because uh, Kirk is fighting uh, one of them, and, and okay. he just like totally chokes him out. And then it's like, "I got your gun." Yeah, while he's holding him up. Yeah, they definitely had super. Okay. There. For some reason, I had I don't know why, but for some reason, I had the impression that. But they don't really look like yeah the Romulans in that movie anyway. So. 
I'm still reading about the planets in, in Bajor. I, I guess Bajor is the eleventh planet yeah, in the system. That doesn't sound right. Must be a very <laughs> yeah. strong sun. Yeah. Or maybe the 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 planets that are closer are just like pieces of shit that are like hella close to each other. Well, so like uh, Bajorans had space travel, right? Because there's the episode where yeah. uh, Cisco goes on the old timey Bajoran ship, or he builds the old timey Bajoran ship. So they never colonized this fertile moon during like their early like. Imagine if Earth, yeah, had a, exactly. If Earth had a fertile moon. We would all be living. Yeah, there. all. Like we probably would have gotten there a lot earlier than 1969 if you just if you could just look at a telescope and see a bunch of trees and shit up <laughs> yeah, there. You'd be like, oh, let's let's go up there. Let's just let's just head up there. Well, I don't know because I think like until we did have telescopes, so I think people did assume that the moon had trees and stuff. Yeah, but people were so right dumb assume, back I... then. Yeah, <laughs> they thought this it was like what the sea of tranquility. They thought that was the real ocean. Morons. They thought it was made of cheese. They thought there was the b- bunny rabbit that lived there. Uh, yeah, there's some Japanese thing about the moon and rabbits. They think a rabbit there looks like a rabbit, or they think rabbits live there. Oh, moon is that rabbit? why Sailor Moon is named Usagi, which is Japanese for uh, bunny? Yeah, I think that's like a... Story exists in many cultures, prominently in Asian folklore and Aztec mythology. Huh. Weird. You never hear that about the Aztecs. They only focus on the... Sacri- human sacrifice and the fail in the apocalypse date. Are the Aztecs, yeah. uh, are they Quetzalcoatl or is that Mayans? I think that's Aztec. Oh, Star Trek Connection, Quetzalcoatl was featured, I believe, on an um, episode of the animated series. Just really? like straight up, like the flying snake? Well, I think they did the standard, oh, he's actually like an advanced alien, but uh, I think it was like, supposed to be him. Yeah. Classic Earth God turns out to be space alien that visited long time ago and is on a Star Trek episode. <laughs> I guess it happened with the Greek gods and uh, some Native American stuff that turns out in Voyager. Oh, yeah. And in Enterprise, they meet uh, Joseph Smith as well. <laughs> they really? Or... <laughs> Yeah, he's hanging out. He moved. He after you know the whole thing with the golden plates. He moved uh, to uh, a moon of uh, Uranus. So yeah, I have no idea if you're joking or not, because I haven't seen much Enterprise. But I hope you watch it. Yeah, I'll get to eventually. I'm too busy watching this hit new show on CBS All Access. Oh yeah, maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> Should we? Have you seen the? I mean, seen the newest episode. I haven't seen it all yet. Oh, really? No, I haven't. I've seen the first three, and the third one, like the third one, I was just like, oh my oh, god! I, like like, the I don't know third if I can. One. Well, it was. I mean, there's obviously issues with it, but I mean, I I thought it was okay. It had some interesting stuff, some interesting ideas. Yeah, they kind of they just lost me on the the fact that somehow there's an entire field called what it was like astromyology or astromycology space mushrooms. where where basically the the entire universe is permeated with a energy fungus <laughs> that you could use to like as a propulsion uh, system yeah that's a little 
out there. I, I mean, it doesn't really make sense in Star Trek, but it does. I mean, like think about how much they say like subspace and stuff. So it's a uh, yeah, subspace I mushroom. Mean... It's not a, it's not a literally <laughs> like a mushroom, although they literally are growing mushrooms. But I guess I take it as like it's some kind of a subspace mushroom they found. <laughs> yeah. Like apparently that's based on or like the I guess like the seed of the idea that like the writers must have saw is like apparently real life plants uh they commute they are somehow able to like communicate and transfer things through like uh fungal threads so i guess like there's like i'm in like soil it's not just like a mushroom that comes up but like the roots of the mushroom are like these threads that and apparently like scientists have figured out that like plants that aren't like you know that are like in relatively close proximity but not like you know like connected to each other they like are able to communicate in a way through the, the those through what the fungus. Fuck? Yeah, no, re- look it up. It's I I read an article. It's like uh, the internet of plants. As, and when you read the article, it's like this is nothing like the internet, but it's a thing. I mean, it's kind of like the internet. Uh, yes, I can't send you nitrogen through the internet. Plants talk to each other using an internet of fungus. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Oh. Uh, Hidden under your feet is an information superhighway that allows plants to communicate and help each other out. It's made of fungi. So that's that. Was I the, think the, that's the idea for like that. That like this fungus is connecting everything. Is that it's like a subspace fungus threads that are somehow connecting the universe. Okay. That makes Even though sense. The universe is mostly empty, but I'm willing. Well, to, you you got to connect yeah. all that empty space to all the other empty space. Right. Although actually. You know what I did read today? I read an article. Uh, okay, so maybe maybe it does make sense. I read an article earlier about how they found a bunch of the missing matter. So scientists have been wondering for a long time about the the mass of the universe, why it hasn't collapsed on it in on itself, and basically the total amount of matter in the universe hasn't been accounted for dark matter. until dark very matter recently. From, right? Well, there's dark matter that they've yet to identify, but there's also this missing regular matter, which some people have claimed to have found in the form of thread-like connections between galaxies that are composed of basically just strings of hydrogen atoms. So, okay, maybe maybe I'm convinced. What we're saying is that Star Trek Discovery is the big exploding galaxy brain, and uh, yeah. Deep Space Nine is the tiny little shrunken brain. Talking about yamak sauce. Mm. Well, <laughs> on one hand, you got yamak sauce, a little story about a little, a little alien man that goes around making deals. And on the other hand, you got this big thing about connecting the whole universe. Hmm, wonder which show's better. Hmm. Five ninety nine, CBS All Access. Watch it with ads. Oh man, I can't believe I paid for that, and I still have to watch ads. Wait, you really paid for uh, it? I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to support Star Trek. You know, like I'm, I'm gaining all sorts of followers and faves every day from the people who are listening to our podcast. I, I got to support them. So I paid I paid them, and now I, I still have to watch ads. And it's a bunch – like I haven't watched commercials in forever. And it was just, you know, like ads for like Ford or, <laughs> you know, like just various foods that I don't care about. I – it's like I can't believe people tolerate that. But back to Star Trek, I guess. Um, 
did you see Star Trek. did you see any of it Douglas Discovery? Uh, no I'd probably get I don't know I'll wait for it to come I'll probably wait for it to be on Netflix or whatever streaming like a streaming site I have access I already have and is it going to make yeah. me watch ads like some that of the makes stuff sense. like you say sounds kind of interesting so you know I mean I'll, yeah I mean there's definitely some good parts it does look really cool there's a lot of really good special effects and uniforms look nice and all the makeup's great. And uh, there's a scary monster. Yeah. Is it as scary, scary as the Dalrock? Um, I would love to see it go head to head with the Dalrock. Let me just say that. <laughs> Let me just say that, that I would love to see those two really go at it. The yeah. Tardigrade and the Dalrock. So, should we move on to If Wishes Were Horses? Yeah. yeah. Um, does anyone, either you want to describe the uh, premise of that episode? Sounds like you do, Wrangle. <laughs> uh, if Wishes Were Horses is our next episode. Uh, in this episode, various figments of the crew and the inhabitants of Deep Space Nine's uh, imaginations start to uh, appear very much real on the station and uh, cause uh, some issues. Uh, And there's a spatial anomaly that's uh, destroying the station at the same time. All in all, pretty good stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um... Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpelstiltskin makes... So apparently, sorry to start off, but apparently, so yeah, Rumpelstiltskin appears, he's very, he's kind of creepy, first of all, because he just appears in O'Brien's quarters, and not just in O'Brien's quarters, but in Molly O'Brien's room. <laughs> he's yeah, just, it's pretty fucked yeah, up. And, and to- basically pretty much torments O'Brien throughout the episode. He's a scary little, little dwarf uh, creature. Uh, it's, uh, he's, he's creepy. Yeah, he's also played by, um, I think his name is Michael Anderson, but he's also, I think his, probably his most famous role is, um, he's the, the dwarf, the backward speaking dwarf in Twin Peaks. I've never seen, oh, really? never seen Twin Peaks, so. I just watched it for the first time, um, just like a couple of months ago for the, for the, re- um, the you know, remake. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, though, the reason that it's Rumpelstiltskin, which I thought was weird, I didn't know Rumpelstiltskin was even a dwarf. I thought he was just a guy. I don't know anything about it, but apparently it was supposed to be a leprechaun, but Colmaney said it was racist to have a leprechaun. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he says, like, all Irish people, you know, uh, it's, he said it was racist. To, to have a yeah. leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah, I that seems kind of reasonable. Yeah, I would go, I don't know if I'd go far to say, like, because obviously I think it's like a joke, you know, like Irish people, like, talked about how, you know, they're victims of racism. But yeah, I could imagine, like, if you're an Irish guy, they'd be like, oh, yeah, calm, yeah, you're going to have a leprechaun. And, you know, like, expecting calm, like, oh, he's going to have, like, a little guy dressed in green, like, hey, hey, where's me gold? <laughs> I can imagine, like, him... Not being eager about that. I guess. I don't know. Just, I don't see it as a big deal. I mean, later on in the show, he's, like, eating, like, corned beef and cabbage and bangers and mash and stuff, so. 
Yeah, but I'm I sure mean, is that racist? he really does eat that stuff. Like, that's like a uh, yeah. thing. Whereas, like, electric is, like, something dumb. <laughs> yeah, Rumpelstiltskin is pretty creepy. The fact that he is in Molly's room with Molly alone, kind of so weird. did Molly imagine up Rumpelstiltskin, or did O'Brien? It's It seems like it's implied later on in the episode that it's O'Brien. O'Brien dreams yeah. him up. Because he's afraid of... The idea that Rumpelstiltskin would take his firstborn child. Jeez, he's dumb. Well, maybe he's like not. Yeah, well, maybe he's like scared of like Rumpelstiltskin, but that's like the idea of like, oh, like, wow, that'd be pretty. Like the idea that someone's. You know, he's reading the story about someone seeing a child, like, wow, I hated Molly. If I hate someone, like, like someone, someone in general, like, knowing him is probably like Cardassians he's worried about, <laughs> but since it's like the Pope, like, it's chose Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> it would have been funny. It would have been funny if uh, the thing that he imagined coming back was just the Dalrock. <laughs> it was the Dalrock again. That was what that was his biggest fear. <laughs> that'd be cool. It'd be a good yeah. be a neat callback. <laughs> callback to like three episodes episode. ago. <laughs> yeah, so the other the other people that appear are uh this baseball player Buck Bukai. And he shows up and hangs out with Jake and uh, Ben Sisko and a, like, bimbo version of Jadzia that yeah. Bashir imagines. Yeah, Bashir's horny, so he his his fantasy is just Dax. Bimbo-fied Dax. Yeah, cotton candy-brained ja- uh, Dax. Um, Odo has no imagination. He's never been horny, so nothing appears for Odo. <laughs> this the episode starts off Except- with uh, Quark and Odo discussing how Odo's never been horny. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he does later. He imagines Quark in jail because he arrested oh, him. Oh, yes, you're right. So he did. That's I do what, like- that's what really gets Odo's rocks It's a colorful off. fantasy. Yeah. This doming Quark. Well, they have... Well, they haven't, like, established that he was in love with Kira yet, so... I don't think he is. Yeah, they they haven't made that up yet. Yeah, yeah they haven't so established it because like... it's some shit they made up. <laughs> no, I actually like his pining for Kira early in the series. Yeah. yeah. It's, it gets bad once they actually get together, but... Uh... And they start kissing. It's, yeah, it's icky. Ugh! Yeah. Yuck. I do like the choice of, like, the three main... You know, Rumpelstiltskin, Bakai, and Bimbo Jadzia. Just because, like, I like they're all they're all different types. Like Rumpelstiltskin is like a completely mythological creature slash person. You know, whoever's quite which one. Neither one seems entirely accurate. Um, you know, Buck Bakai is like a real historical person, but who's dead. And Jadz, Bimbo Jadzia is just the is like a fantasy version of. One of our Someone who's actually members. there, yeah. Yeah, so I like that it's like a variety. It's a nice kind of like those three. It's like they're all there. Even though they're all, you know, imaginary, they're all like, you know, they're, it's a, I think it's varied and... Ah, uh, the you know, classic kinda, id ego and super ego. I don't know <laughs> what those mean, but it sounds like, it sounds like a perfect uh, uh, allegory for those. <laughs> You're right. So... What what ends up happening is, actually, the, the first thing I have to mention is this, there's a bird on 
the promenade that happens. Like it just gets cooked up by one of the one of the station people. After like on the promenade, it's it's snowing. All sorts of weird stuff is happening, and this bird appears on the promenade, which is it's clearly like an ostrich or an emu, an emu or something. It's the only appearance of an emu on Star Trek. <laughs> really? That down from memory alpha. <laughs> but of course, so uh, has to be ref- has to be referred to by Odo as a Gunji Jackdaw. And he talks about Gunji Jackdaws a couple times this episode. It's just, you know, just another ep- uh, instance of, like, they just used a, a regular animal and called it something else. Yeah. The emo must have been... The emo must have acted pretty bad if, like, they never want... If, like, Star Trek like said, okay, we're never getting an emu again. <laughs> like, for two... You know, like, this... I don't care. We'll get an ostrich or something. Just, well, they're, well they're, they're really mean animals. Australia fought a whole war against them and lost. No, they did. There's <laughs> the, the emu, emu war. war. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a Matt Brady tweet about that. So, so I guess the premise behind this episode is uh, that these these figments, uh, it turns out, are like they're also travelers, like exploring. Or they well, there's some kind of alien, obviously. Uh, yeah. can take, I guess, any form and seem to not really exist in the same kind of physical plane as, as you know, the ordinary Star Trek aliens. You know, they're more like the prophets or something, but I guess different, some different kind of thing that we don't find out about. Um, but so they appear as, you know, they want to understand the the inhabitants of Deep Space Nine, so they turn into what they think about. But so I got the impression that I don't know if each one was like an individual. Like I don't know if the Rumpelstiltskin guy and the Buck Bokai guy are those like two of them. So which one? Well, I think there's so ball- did one of them just turn into a black hole or whatever. It's trying to like, <laughs> all right. The subspace I'm turning anomaly. Into a subspace anomaly. <laughs> both. Well, both three seem to be all different because like they're talking to each other when there's no one else around but it does seem like there's a limited number because it does seem like they're keep they vanish when another and then another fantasy appears so it does seem like there's a i don't know how many are there but this seems like there's a limited amount because it does seem like constantly like when something new they constantly vanish and then a new and it's like someone else's fantasy comes to life yeah i don't know i thought that was kind of an interesting concept like they're like also like uh uh, their mission is is also like exploring like they're out here like exploring new life but it's just that there are these weird imagination aliens <laughs> i don't yeah know. that's 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 kind of cool i i just i always like when they have other aliens that are doing the same thing because you you would just imagine there to be many different kinds of things that want to know about everything yeah, else instead of the yeah, thing that instead of them all just wanting to like you know, be the antagonist of the weekend and, sh- and kill. I mean, I guess these were kind of the antagonists, but you know, it reminds me of like, uh, there's the TNG episode where like, uh, I forget what actually happens in the episode, but is it the one where Barclay is like, he becomes yeah, really yeah. smart. He becomes really smart. Yeah. And it turns out that, yeah, he t- becomes really smart, takes control of the ship, merges with the ship. He becomes giant brain Barclay. And uh, he he drives the ship. He like upgrades the ship's warp drive so that it can it can get to the center of the galaxy where there's like these aliens that wanted uh, 
they they basically they're ex- they wanted to explore and stuff, but they don't want to move around, so they just bring everyone to them. <laughs> lazy aliens. Yeah, they're the lazy aliens. That's fair. But it's kind of neat because it's like, oh, they, you know, they're not evil. They're just this is how they they do it. Kind of like the yeah, I was always I sad. Yeah, yeah, I was always sad that Barkley just never got. He didn't get to keep any of that. He went back to being a it, loser or incel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why not just like let him have just a little bit of some extra extra brain well, power? No, but Barclay was know. smart though. He was like, yeah, he I'm was sure Barclay is like a genius. He's like on the Enterprise in engineering or whatever. He's just like a social True. moron. <laughs> he's just he's just a little socially impaired. But I think Barclay's probably smart. Yeah, he's smart. I guess he does figure out how to like. Communicate with Voyager. All, yeah. I needed was, all I needed was was confidence and uh, different. He needed the big brain mentality. <laughs> the alpha brain mentality. Yeah. Wait, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, the aliens. The imagination aliens. <laughs> yes. One thing that doesn't make sense, though, and other people online have pointed this out, but if these aliens are traveling around, like... They they just happen to stop at Deep Space Nine, which is stationed in like the Bajoran system. Like they just happen to stop there. But really, anywhere that they would go in the Alpha Quadrant or the Beta Quadrant or the or the Delta Quadrant or the Gamma Quadrant, they're gonna find people that have imagination. Yeah, they never met any uh, sentient physical aliens, uh, until, until now, I guess they're like moving in and out of like dimensions and shit. Planes yeah, of reality. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That seems okay. I'll, I'll, I'll buy they that. Say, they said I'll they went that. through the wormhole. Oh, they did? Uh, they say something about, yeah, yeah. I, I think they said they followed something through the wormhole. And so that's why they ended up there. So huh. maybe they're in like whatever plane they're in, but the wormhole has some kind of presence there. And they're like, oh, what's this? There's this weird thing. Let's go into it. And they came out. I don't. Uh, it's a good enough explanation for me. Yeah, that works. They're 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 out I'm there. No, I'm no the, longer upset about it. They're out there with they're in the uh, in the fungal plane. <laughs> yeah. They're in the subspace fungal internet plane. So it's just a bunch of mushrooms, and they're real boring. So when they finally found these people, <laughs> they were like, oh, awesome. I don't know. I from what I from what I've learned from Mario, mushrooms can be extremely exciting. They can, yeah. They they're they're powerful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. The mushroom kingdom. That's what they should call the uh, the the spore plane or whatever <laughs> in the in, in Discovery. The <laughs> yeah. Kingdom. They should just gradually transition Star Trek Discovery into about- being a show about oh. Mario. My, that would be <laughs> like every 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 episode just gets slightly more of Mario. <laughs> they could do a sequel of the Imagination, and one of them appears. It's like, no, they have an Italian. There's like an Italian crew member, and he sees Mario. <laughs> How come there's no um, horribly stereotypical Italians on Star Trek? There's every other race, but there's and there's no guy that, that that talks about Mia Famiglia and goes, "Mamma Mia." <laughs> yeah. Mamma mia, the Klingons are, Klingons are attacking, and I still haven't finished my pizza pie. I think that's a character they need to add if they really want to represent yeah. diversity. Yeah, they got French people with Picard, and also kind of British people with Picard. <laughs> I don't really know how that works. I think, like, 
the British have basically conquered the French and forced them to adopt their accent, I guess, between... Oh, like, yeah. I guess maybe, maybe that happened during World War Three. Maybe that was what World War Three was about. Uh, yeah, every weird demographic thing in Star Trek is due to World War Three. You can just wave it away. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's just a bunch of, you know... That's why it's 90% uh, white people with uh, American accents and a few others. So what else happens? Uh, the, 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 the anomaly eventually turns out to be uh, a figment of everyone's imagination... And yeah, I like that. That's the, like the resolution of the show. I like that. I know. I thought that was it worked pretty. You know, kept in the episode. I think it was more interesting if they, you know, than if they like said some can't with some techno babble like solution. Yeah, yeah that... and it 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 is it is pretty fitting too because this is like literally what Star Trek or what Starfleet officers think about all the time. They're always imagining anomalies and subspace bullshit going on everywhere so because it happens to them it makes every perfect week. sense it's pretty reasonable <laughs> yeah yeah and actually I, there, there's that one point in the episode where Rumpelstiltskin literally offers to get rid of the anomaly if O'Brien gives him Molly again pretty weird yeah that's kind of like creepy well that is like I mean to be fair to Star Trek that is like what the fairy tale is about. So it's like, really, whoever wrote that fairy tale that's like 500 years ago, who's like the weirdo. The, the brothers I wonder, I wonder if... Is I that, think they just recorded them. Those are like the guys that wrote all the fairy tales, right? The brothers Grimm. Well, I think they actually rec- they like recorded them. Like, I think they were like all like folk well, yeah. tales. Like, but they were just the ones who like interviewed him and like there was a really crappy movie about them in like probably like 2003. Yeah. The brothers Grimm. You guys see that? Yeah, I remember. That I was, was gonna so see that. Until I heard it got. I was a kid. Until I heard it was I saw like that movie. really there's bad. Like, that movie's so scary. There's like a, I rem- there's like a meat, like the gingerbread man. He's like made out of like mud, and he comes out, but he's like evil. That's scary. And like a horse eats a lady. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the gingerbread man in. Rubber's I thought he's he thought he, movie. That's like more like I a mean, rhyme. I. Gingerbread like sounds the, like something that German people would eat. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the gingerbread man's more like a, a nursery rhyme than like a fairy tale. Uh, I don't know. But I guess he is, it's, like, because Shrek does the same. same. They're basing it on Shrek. They figure, like, well, he's in Shrek, so he's a fairy tale. this was maybe pre-Shrek <laughs> or the same time as Shrek. No, it was, like, 2005. That was, like, after Shrek had... I think they... The first two Shreks... Had, uh, no, but definitely the first Shrek, and maybe, can like, we the get, second can one came out by then. The Shrek timeline. Looking up Shrek... Shrek. Shrek, uh... First one can't. Release date, 2001. Okay, when was the Brothers Grimm live-action movie where the Brothers Grimm were probably <laughs> that was played 2005. by, like, uh... Brothers Grimm movie. What's his name? Um, 2005. Oh, 2005? But I yeah. was so scared. Matt Damon and Heath Ledger. So- really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heath Ledger? Oh, I was so scared about that movie, but... I was weirdly old in 2005. And I don't. I didn't see it in theater, so I didn't see it until it was on TV. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> thought it was thought it yeah. much earlier. 2005. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, make sure you look up the the horse vor scene in uh, the Brothers Grimm. It's very scary. Yeah. How old were you in 2005? I, I was like 19. Mm, like t- uh, 10. 10? Oh no! No no no! What? 10. Nine, eight. Ah, <laughs> I'm so old. That's okay. 
I was too old to be scared by the Brothers Grimm, so that's my own <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Do you think anyone's even going to remember Rumpelstiltskin in, like, the year the 24th century. I feel like I, don't I know like what it is. I only, I don't, that's why I was confused. Cause I was like, I thought he was like a guy that fell asleep for like a long time. Oh, that's, <laughs> thought that, that's Rip Van Winkle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rip Van I thought Winkle. he was Rip Van Winkle. That's why I was confused why he was a dwarf. I was like, I thought he was just a guy that fell asleep. See, I remember, <laughs> well, I think I remember one is like, I, I think a kid and there was like some, I think it was on Nickelodeon or something. There was like some, it was like an anime show, and like each, they adapted oh, like fairy tales. I think they did that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. And Rumble, also like Node and Setsus. And also like in um in middle school, there was like this thing where you you could help write a play, and I did it, and like we wrote like Rumpel, we wrote an adaptation of Rumble Skillskin. Okay. So I think that's why I remember, but I think like. I mean, the well, I mean, if you extrapolate, like Douglas, Douglas, so like I'm the oldest. Douglas is is older than you, Wrangle. Douglas interacted with Rumpelstiltskin. You didn't, so we can just uh, extrapolate based on the trend and say that <laughs> maybe ten years from now, no one's no one's gonna know what Rumpelstiltskin he makes a is. It's like the, you know, because obviously so he's like, a, Rumpelstiltskin was like a cool 80s thing. So right now, like Stranger Things, <laughs> all this stuff is cool. Rumpelstiltskin's gonna make a comeback. <laughs> They're gonna do like a Rumpelstiltskin origins, resurgence. <laughs> resurgence. Disney, I'm sure like Disney will eventually like make a musical version of it. Have they already done that? I, it I seems like so. something they they might have already done. Yeah, you probably would. did like a race. No, I think that's one of the ones that I've Thirties. <laughs> Personally, I'm I'm with Colmaney, and I think gnomes are racist. Period against me as a as a, <laughs> as a short white person. <laughs> gnomes are racist. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Fun episode. I liked it. I liked it. I'm looking at all the things I that were it, mentioned. I give it 8.4 bars of gold-pressed latinum. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have one more note yeah. here. You want to hear what it says? <laughs> yeah. It's actually yes, not I even would. written with one of the episodes. It's a standalone note. Uh, late Night with Miles O'Brien. <laughs> what? I, just, I wrote that at some point. That, I guess because he's Irish, like Conan. Yeah, he's the same last name as uh, Conan O'Brien, who hosted. Oh uh, yeah, that'd Conan be a funny O'Brien. episode, like an ale. A, the kid that like Q comes back and mix like O'Brien or some powerful alien mix O'Brien like host a talk show for some reason, or it's a holodeck episode and he has to host a talk show. I, I think they should have just. I think they should have just given Quark a talk show. I think they could still do it. Like you guys, you, <laughs> they yeah, definitely you guys could. Remember, I think at some point they gave Alf a talk show. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, that there's like an there's an Alf talk show. So I think they could just do a Quark talk show and have Armin Shimmerman in makeup every night, just doing a regular late night talk show in character as Quark. There was a at the bar. There was a episode of. Uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, where Quark yeah, was on I there. Yeah, <laughs> I did see that link. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh man, 
Man, why don't they do that now? Maybe, maybe I hope they do. I hope they have like L- Lieutenant Commander Saru on. I don't know, whatever the fuck people watch now. I don't. I don't watch TV. Um, Jimmy Fallon. The Daily Show. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see it. That should. Be, I'd like to see it. A talk show in Star Trek. It well, would be nice to next... see some kind of media in Star Trek, like like in yeah, in universe. Really... Yeah, we really know if they make, like... I mean, I guess maybe holodecks have replaced everything. Yeah, they, they only... Maybe no one wants to watch a movie, like, when you could, like... Maybe the idea is, like, yeah... Well, no, I remember Voyager they would watch... But it was, like, old movies, so... That's because everyone in Starfleet is a bunch of nerds. They don't like new stuff. They just like classical music and, like, old, old yeah. things. Yeah, they love stuff that's in the public... That was in the public domain in the yeah. 1990s. <laughs> that's their main point of interest. <laughs> But, like, uh, probably, like, if you, I guess if you landed, they would have, like, some, well, the only contemporary media is porno. It is, like, a Quark's, uh, Quark's, uh, hollow. Quark's porno. Vulcan love slave. Like, a Vulcan love slave. That's the only contemporary media. Yeah, that's, funny to think that's all, yeah, holodecks have, have, like, ended all, well, we know, like, um, Jake is a writer, so we know books are still being written, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, we never hear anything like where there's like movies or TV. Or... But yeah, maybe the idea is like holodeck is like there's no need for that because it's like, well, why would I want to watch a movie when I can just live a movie? And it's like, well, why would I want if you're in a live a movie, you think, well, why would I want to do anything else other than get laid by a sexy Vulcan or whatever? I mean, I've always imagined that causes like the complete collapse of, of society. Like as soon as you get out of Starfleet and into the general population, I just imagine the average Federation citizen is like... Just lives in the holodeck. Yeah, or or like I mean I don't yeah. think they get to live in the holodeck because I I think you get like you probably get like credits so you can use it a certain amount of time. I mean they say it's a utopia, but not everyone has their own personal holodeck. Yeah, so, that's true. You probably have to go out to like eat. When you well, I don't know eat in the make... holodeck, it just rep. It just oh. it's a big. Oh yeah, rep- I guess or, it could be like because they rep- eat. They yeah, eat I guess the I could in the show, and I yeah, I think it just replicates food into the holodeck. So, if you took a shit in the holodeck, would it... I guess they could transport it how would away. It deal? I mean, people... Yeah, yeah I think they beam it out. other bodily fluids in the holodeck. So, it yeah, obviously they're just, gets... They're just beaming yeah. everything. Well, or maybe just Rom comes in. At, or in the <laughs> and, yeah. The mop. Uh, I was thinking that could be an episode, like a bunch of aliens... Take a shit in the aliens holodeck. show up because, like... No, because, like, we've been... Because every... Because their planet's been where everyone's, like, beaming all the shit and stuff. <laughs> They're just beaming it to some Bajoran moon. <laughs> yeah, they think some planet they thought was uninhabited, but it's not, and now the aliens show up, like, really pissed off. There's the, there's the trash aliens, uh, the, the Malon, right? Oh, the trash aliens. That's yeah. on Voyager. Yeah. There is a novel, like, a DS9... I read a DS9 book because for a while I was reading, like, the... DS9 books that takes place after, and I guess they did, like, a crossover thing, like, affecting all the Star Trek lines were, like, um, involving the Iconian Gates, where I guess Iconian Gates were all becoming activated. Yeah. And so there was a DS9 ep- novel that took place during that, and it features both the Malon and the Herogen. Oh, uh, yeah. And we get, the, we get the info that the Herogen know of the Jem'Hadar and consider them worthy prey. That's cool boring i only care about the new cool races like 
a Lieutenant Saru who's afraid of stuff. That's his race. Uh, I can. S- why? Why would you join Starfleet if you <laughs> were afraid of everything? Determined to sense death. <laughs> uh, why would you have? He he says on the show. Yeah, my race on my planet. We were prey. We weren't. We we didn't have a food chain. We food had line. The, the 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 predators and and us. How did like, you evolve? How, how do you yeah, become? An, I was so. How did you become an intelligent? Like, I don't believe. How uh, does a sentient race evolve if they are can't even like beat like take over the planet? Will, like what what are you getting eaten by? Like space wolves or or is it another mean uh, sentient race? <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that makes Maybe any sense if it was just some, I'm sure yeah, they will. I hope, I hope they make something that I'll, that I'll eat or like deal with. And instead of hating it the whole okay, time, one thing that pissed me off about discovery, he says foods, he says he got his blueberries from the food synthesizer, but they don't have that in those times. They well, don't. I, he says, but, okay, they make sure to say synthesizer and not replicator, but to me, that's a replicator. If it can wait, make what did they call it? So the one oh, they I call they, had, they don't have replicators. They called Why? Well, I, I thought they had, well, it takes place around the original series no, time. I thought they, they had replicators. And no, they said, they, didn't? they said like the food, food dispensers or something. Uh, okay. They eat those cubes in TOS. Okay. I thought like the replicators. cubes. Wait, did they? Oh, I thought the replicators were something we've like, like the Star Trek, like no. the Balkans gave. No, I replicator, like, replicator, really? and holodeck are the things that are added in the TNG era. Yeah, yeah I know the holo. Yeah, I know the holodeck, but I thought no, the replicators, replicators were always. No, yeah, they. I think they have huh. to bring food around on the on the TOS Enterprise. At least I, I haven't seen. I've watched like this first season oh. of TOS recently, and uh, it it they don't have a repl- replicator. They eat cubes. Huh. Because I always figured that the replicator was like one of the reasons, like, the in Star Trek humanity was to be able to come where they are. Because like, with a replicator, like, there's no need to like worry about like re- lack of. There's no like need to squat. You know, there's no like limited resources that you need to fight over. So I always figured like that was the reason, like, because it like eliminated that's, that's that. That's why it's so iconic. That anxiety and, and fear. T. Earl Grey hot because that was like. Uh, Kirk doesn't have a thing he orders from the replicator. He just eats those cubes. I'm reading now about the food synthesizers. Looks like food synthesizers uh, were located in numerous locations throughout Constitution-class starships, including the transporter room. I mean, I guess I'm, I can believe so I a, guess... a food synthesizer is like a more rudimentary thing than a replicator, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought that was weird. Yeah, I mean, like... I, I could believe that a food synthesizer would be something that would like, it would crank out like a like a McNugget yeah, or like a, but it's a soy nugget or something. He's eating blueberries. But it's a, it's that, like a how an do you actual fake a blueberry? blueberry. I guess you could like spit out some kind of like blueberry flavored jelly and then like a blueberry skin, but it's made out of you know just generic matter. That sounds pretty good. I'd, I'd eat that. Yeah. Mm. Well. Thanks for listening. We hope you will continue to do so. Join us next time when we discuss the episodes The Forsaken and Dramatis Personae, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Well, bye!